Hello and welcome to another Kangaroo English Daily Digest podcast. My name is Christian and today is Monday. Definitely the best day of the week. <laughs> um, today we are going to pick up where we left off last time, which was we were talking about subtitles and we were talking about atoms. So in the previous Daily Digest, I talked about this paper that showed that watching English television programs and and series in English but with English subtitles helps your English listening better than watching programs with no subtitles and and I said that in the past that I had told my students the opposite I told my students that they should watch um, programs with no subtitles because that reflected reality. You know, in, in reality, life doesn't have subtitles. And also it didn't make sense because, because you would think, right, common sense would tell you that, that that authentic experience where you're not reading but you're just listening, surely that will help you to improve your listening. You know, practicing that actual specific activity, practicing your listening would improve your listening. So let's try to answer the question, why does reading and listening at the same time, why is that better? Why does that seem to improve your, your, your listening more? Now, I'm going to present a theory, a hypothesis, but I don't know if my logic is impeccable. And that is today's word of the day, impeccable. It's I-M-P-E-C-C-A-B-L-E, impeccable. And if you speak one of the major European languages, then you may recognize something in the middle of that word, a pecca. Certainly in Spanish, you will, a pecca. A pecca is a sin. So you can see in English, the word is completely different for the same thing. Spanish has peca and we have sin. Um, the Spanish took peca from Latin and we got our word sin from the German, the German side. Um, and a peca is something which is against moral and especially against religious law. So... For Christianity, this is a really important concept. Uh, you know, you have the the seven deadly sins. You have people who are born with original sin. You have the Ten Commandments, ten things that you must not do. Um, and all of these are based in the idea of sin, which is something which is basically it's a bad thing to do. It's bad behavior. And so if something is bad, it's peccable. And if something is good, it's impeccable. And I don't know if my logic is impeccable. I don't know if my logic is good and sound and correct and right and true. But we'll, but we'll, we'll find out. Okay, so I actually want to start by talking about this, this, uh, this paper. Okay, it's called The Lancaster Sensory Motor Norms, Multidimensional Measures of perceptual and action strength for 40,000 English words. And it's, um, 
it was uh, done by some some people from Lancaster University and Ghent University. And <laughs> although on the surface it might seem a little bit strange, it's actually really important work. Okay, so... <laughs> And this is something that this is this is why I love language, why I could never get bored with language, because there's just so many different weird and wonderful things out there about language that, you know, the, the learning never stops. So what they did, these these researchers, what they did was they they asked volunteers to to rate where exactly in the body they felt words, okay? And they had five different options. They could say that they felt a word in their foot or leg, in their hand or arm, in their head excluding their mouth, in their mouth and throat, or in their torso. And so the volunteers, they would see a word and then they would have to say, well, I feel it maybe a little bit in my foot and leg. I feel it a lot in my hand and arms, maybe nothing in my head, for example for example, et cetera, et cetera, okay? And <clears throat> based, based on the, the, the feedback from these volunteers, they, they created data and graphs about 40,000 different English words. And to, to, look at these, to look at the data is actually really fun. So if you look at the word everything, then you'll see because they're – they have plotted these words on something called polar plots. So they look a bit like a pie chart, look a bit like a pizza, but the slices of the pizza are different sizes depending on the strength of the, of the, of the category, right? Um, and so the word everything, you can see that it's pretty evenly distributed across all of the categories. Basically, you feel everything everywhere. You feel it in a haptic way, like so basically in your touch, okay? You feel it in a gustatory way, you feel it in your mouth, you taste it. You hear it, you see it, you feel it in your torso. Everything is everywhere. And then you have a word like gasoline. And it's very strong in the olfactory category, very big slice of pizza there. It's very strong in the visual category and also in hand and arm, but it doesn't really appear anywhere else. And then you have something like hydrogen, which doesn't really appear in any of the categories. It has a very low, it's kind of sensory motor experience because hydrogen is not something that you touch or taste or hear or see, or it doesn't vibrate. We don't interact with it at all. And then you have other words like lettuce, <laughs> which, which you can imagine um, what lettuce looks like. Um, <clears throat> And this, this work is important because, you know, that, that, that data can be given to other scientists to, to, to play with and to use in conjunction with other work. But let, let's talk about how it might be important about the question of subtitles and, and improving your, your listening. And I have this other research paper here from Cognition, which is, Strength of perceptual experience predicts word processing performance better than concreteness or imageability. And so it's a similar type of work. And it's about how we perceive vocabulary. 
Okay? Now, if you take a list of words, a random list of words, then most of those words will be in the perceptual category of vision. You know, our vision is a very, very important part of being human. You know, we, we're very visual creatures. And most, most things in the world are kind of things that we can see. We can look at them, right? You know, books and, and food and aeroplanes and everything, right? And even things that we can't see, we have symbols for them. Like for you, maybe the symbol of um, Italy might be the flag, right? Now think about that. You know, a flag is just a piece of fabric with three different colors, but you see that flag and it's a symbol for the country of Italy. And there's something visual and it's a very strong visual um, thing. You know, or, or maybe, maybe for you, when you see a pizza, you think of Italy. I, I know that I do. <laughs> um, and, and so, you know, vision is very important. But when it comes to processing of words, like, for example, it, when it comes to how fast you are at using vocabulary and remembering vocabulary, vision is actually not the most important thing is interesting. So in this research, they divide words into three categories. You have something with high imageability. So something that you can actually create as an image in your mind. So again, if I said, you know, America, maybe you can conjure up the freedom eagle. <laughs> or maybe you conjure up Donald Trump or you conjure up an image of um, somebody, you know, with a big arsenal of guns in their basement. You know, whatever it is that, that, that you can image about America, well, that means that it has imageability. Um, then another question, is it concrete? Okay, another category for words is concreteness. Is it something that is kind of specific or is it something more abstract? And the final category is perception. So perception would be all of our senses, as in, do you feel it in your legs and your arms? Do you feel it in your torso? Can you hear it? Can you touch it? Can you taste it? Right. And let's look at the word that I talked about in the previous podcast, which was atom. So an atom is something that you can probably visualize in your mind's eye. If you close your eyes, maybe you see that image of an atom from your high school textbook. Um, is it something concrete? Is it something specific and concrete? Well, yes, yes, it is, right? We know that an atom is this very specific thing. Now, is it perceptual? No. We don't feel it in our torsos or our hands or our mouths. We don't hear it. It doesn't vibrate. It doesn't smell. So it's very low in that category. But then if we look at another word, like, for example, music. Again, you might be able to visualize it. Maybe when I say music, you think of Taylor Swift or you think of a guitar or you think of maybe, I don't know, Sepultura. <laughs> and then we have, um, is, is music something concrete? 
Yes, it's something quite specific, right? Maybe not as specific as a chair or a table, but it's it's something concrete. And perceptual, yes, it's strongly perceptual. We hear music. Maybe you can even feel it if you stand very close to your big speakers in your house. Um, and so what's really interesting is this research shows that words that are strongly perceptual, so things that we feel, right, things that we perceive with our senses, we are much better and faster at that vocabulary, at processing it, at recalling it. And so this tells us that maybe that's the reason why subtitles are so effective, because you're you're hearing the audio, but you're engaging that other perceptual sense. You're engaging your vision, which, you know, is then activating maybe other parts of your brain, right? And by adding, by adding that category of perception, we are strengthening how, how strong you're perceiving that vocabulary. And so that makes it faster and easier to recall later. It's, it's a bit like, as I talked about the previous research about how children learn vocabulary better and they learn language better in general if you engage them physically. This is a, quite a common and well-known teaching strategy called TPR, total physical response. So, you know, if you're teaching children uh, the word for cat, you should get them to meow like a cat and maybe put their hands on top of their head and make the ears like a cat. And by engaging their perceptual senses and their gestures, that helps them to remember and recall the vocabulary better. And so maybe subtitles work in the same way. I don't really know. Um, but that's my hypothesis. And again, I don't know if my logic is impeccable or not. <laughs> Normally not. <laughs> um... I hope you enjoyed today's Daily Digest. In the next Daily Digest, I'm going to be talking about Abu Gidas and Abjads. I'm super excited about, about that. And if you would like to support this podcast, if you enjoy this podcast, then you can become my patron on Patreon. You'll find a link to that and also link to my really sexy merchandise at www.kangarooenglish.com. Thank you very much for listening. My name is Christian. This is Kangaroo English, and I'll see you in class.